What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Today's episode is with a 12-year-old. No, seriously. His name's Benjamin. I'm not telling you his last name to protect his real identity, but he's the founder of Weird Whales. And in this conversation, we talk about how a 12-year-old went out and made millions of dollars in the NFT space. He gives us an update on Weird Whales and also tells us about what's going on in the NFT world. I always enjoy talking to Benjamin, and I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as well. Before we get into it, though, I first want to talk about our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Copper. Since 2018, Copper has been at the forefront of institutional digital asset development. From award-winning custody solutions to creating the first truly off-exchange settlement function, Copper pioneers technology, products, and services in lockstep with a rapidly changing world. No other infrastructure provider covers as many assets across as many exchanges with the speed and security that Copper can offer. To learn how Copper helps the world's largest institutional investors secure their digital assets, head over to copper.co. Again, Copper, the unfair advantage. Check them out at copper.co today. Next up is Compass Mining. Compass Mining is the world's largest marketplace for mining hardware and hosting. With Compass, everyone can mine Bitcoin. Their team makes it easy to start mining wherever you want, at home or in one of their 23 hosting facilities around the world. Through the Compass Marketplace, retail miners can access mining hardware with similar prices and purchase plans as the world's largest mining companies. Compass miners own their machines, they choose whatever mining pool they want, and they mine directly to their own wallets. Miners who don't want to host their machines can order ASICs directly to their doorstep. Simple and low-cost hosting agreements coupled with best-in-class customer service are the reasons why Compass is the simplest and most popular way to mine Bitcoin. Start mining your own Bitcoin today by visiting compassmining.io. Again, compassmining.io. Go check them out and let me know what you think. This episode is brought to you by Bullish. Bullish is a powerful new digital asset exchange built for institutions that delivers the innovations of DeFi in a regulated environment. The Bullish Hybrid Order Book pairs the high performance of a traditional central limit order book with the automated market making. Powered by deep bullish liquidity pools backed by the multi-billion dollar bullish treasury. So you can trade with certainty and at scale across variable market conditions. You can learn more at bullish.com or follow Bullish on Twitter because the future belongs to the bullish. Now, this is not investment advice. Digital assets and cryptocurrencies are high risk products. Consult your professional advisor before dealing in them. Bullish's services are available in select locations only and not to U.S. persons. Visit bullish.com slash legal for important information and risk warnings. Go check them out at bullish.com or follow at bullish on Twitter. All right, let's get in this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, back by popular demand, our favorite 12-year-old in the entire world, Benjamin. Benjamin, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I have a couple of questions. Are you still 12 years old? 13 now. Woo! That's, you're, you're, getting, you're getting older, man. All right. 13 years old. That means we just up our expectations of what you're going to do in the world. Uh, give us an update. Last time we talked, 
you had launched uh, Weird Whales and you had made a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, in doing so. I have heard through the internet that things have gotten much, much better. What's going on with Weird Whales? So a little status on Weird Whales. So the project has now traded around 2,000 ETH, which is over $5 million. <laughs> and the mind-blowing thing is that it only cost me around $300 to build using <laughs> open source software. And Are you out here that, flexing? That blows my mind. Are you flexing on people saying it only spent $300 and you had $5 million of trading in Weird Whales? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so when you think of it, why, why are you still working on this? Like, like, what are you learning? Why is this interesting to you? NFTs are just, we're, we're only at the start of a 10 year revolution that 99% of NFT use cases are waiting to be discovered. So it might seem completely out of this world that monkey JPEGs are selling for millions of dollars, but the real use cases will come in five to 10 years from now. And I'm here with NFTs to stay. All right. And I know that you're working on a whole bunch of different stuff. And now, like, I feel like you're kind of like me, right? Like you started trying to do something. It started to work. You put some more effort in. It worked a little bit more. Then you're like, all right, this might really work. Now you got $5 million of trading volume. You're probably the richest 13 year old in the entire world, the whole nine yards. Uh, and so now you started to think about like, well, what else can I do before we talk about that? Did you take a run at naming your school after yourself? Do you remember the last time we talked? Have, have you looked into that at all? Well, I have had shower thoughts about it, but <laughs> I haven't really gone ahead with it. You had shower thoughts about naming the school after yourself? Yes. Well, well, you should just do it. You should do it. How much would it cost? You should, you should go talk to the principal and say, hey, I'd like to make a donation to the school. How much would I have to donate in order to change the name of the school? And then once you get that number, DM me on Twitter and we'll figure out, maybe we'll, uh, we'll chip in a, a whole $3 to, uh, alongside your 250 grand to rename the school. <laughs> well, if you give him 300, he might turn it to 5 million in trading. Yeah. Or, or we'll invest $300 <laughs> and you give us 5 million back. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to do that. But the surprising thing is that school fees are basically the amount of money I made last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to me about these uh, non-fungible films. What is that? I know that's something that you're like, you're super interested in. Yes. Yeah, so I'm working on a few projects right now and I'll talk about two of them. One is non-fungible films and it's changing the way consumers engage with entertainment and it's just disrupting Hollywood. We have a licensing agreement with two collections. One is NF Heroes, which is another NFT collection I worked on with a designer from Marvel and 80 board apes to create an animated series. And this week we also announced our board and included two former studio heads from companies like CBS and Xbox and also the head of a fund, which has raised millions from A16Z. And I think, yeah, we're minting our mint pass on April the 25th, and there's lots of stuff happening over. All right, all right, hold on, hold on, back, back up for a second. So non-fungible film, you basically went and you signed licensing deals with some board apes, you signed some licensing deals uh, with these other collections, you literally built a board of intelligent adults who now work for you, basically. And you're going to create films using the IEP from these collections? 
Yeah, so I'm a Web3 advisor on that project. And it was started, I didn't start up the project originally. It was started up by a Hollywood actor, Cameron Mullen. Got it. And yeah. And, and so when you think Love. of that, when you think of that, the idea is the final product is going to be a movie using the intellectual property from these collections. Yes. Yeah, so we aim to do movies, TV series, branch out into gaming. I got it. Okay. And then talk to me about this, uh, this second idea, this like fintech, uh, work in fintech. Yes. Yeah, so I'm also working on work in fintech and it's a corporate sponsorship scheme. So I'm working with Ying Chao, who's the former head of digital at Barclays Bank. And the overall aim is to sell NFTs to corporate clients and then use that money to educate young people about Web3 and fintech and then shift them off to high paying jobs in the crypto space. Bro, did you hear what he just said? He's going to take NFTs. He's going to go to the corporations and he's going to say, I'm 13 years old. I want to sell you an NFT. And the corporations are going to be like, oh, we have to do good in the world. Okay, how much is it? It's going to be some astronomical price. He's going to sell it to the corporations. He calls it a corporate sponsorship scheme. So you immediately know that he's scheming. And then he's going to take that money. And he could pocket it, which all of us would be like, wow, you duped the corporations. But instead, they're going to take it and they're going to help these young people by help fund a whole bunch of different things to launch careers in the crypto sphere. And so literally he's like Robin Hood. Yeah, he, he's literally Modern day. He, he's raiding the corporate coffers and leaving them a little instead of a candy on the pillow at the hotel. He's leaving them an NFT. He's taking the money. He's going to go help young kids start. Look at it. Look at his face. He's like, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, we already have some big names on board. Can you uh, d- don't tell me any of the names. I feel like you're not allowed to say the names yet. Or are you? Yeah, I can't say anything yet. All right. That's fine. Uh, all right. Now, all this is like pretty crazy, right? So you launched your NFT project. You've done $5 million in volume. You're doing the film as an advisor. You've got the scheme to, uh, to, to separate corporations from their cash, the whole thing. And then he's 13. He went, he spoke at Oxford and he was the youngest speaker in almost a thousand years at Oxford. To me, that's ever a thousand thousand years. I just say that's ever. (laughs) What did you talk about at Oxford? I talked about my art journey in the crypto and NFT space, and it was an amazing experience. The audience was really receptive. Were they like, hey, can I get a job? Were they asking you to come work for you? Well, maybe I had some in my DMs after, but... (laughs) In my DMs after. Can you imagine? You worked your ass off your entire life. You get all the way to Oxford, and then you literally go to a speech... And afterwards, you're like, damn, I'm about to DM a 13-year-old for a job. (laughs) (laughs) That's a testament to you, right? That literally age doesn't matter. We talked about this last time. Like, Age does not matter. As long as you can provide value to the world, you can do anything, right? Yes. All right. Then then after Oxford, you know, that wasn't enough. In 900, 1,000 years, he's the youngest speaker ever. uh, You went to NFC Summit in London. What uh, what was that? Yes, so... It was in Lisbon, actually, and it was my first conference, and it was an amazing experience. I also talked about my art journey in the NFT space there as well, and I was the youngest speaker there as well, surprisingly. (laughs) Joe, John, what questions you guys got? Is this what you want to do when you get older? Like, what was your plan beforehand? 
I, I assume that you, maybe at some point you thought about what you would want to do when you get older and, and NFTs uh, obviously haven't been around for, for 13 years or so long. Uh, how has that changed? And is this what you want to do now? So I, I'm just interested in programming. I've been programming since the age of five. My dad would often come home, bring out his laptop and start coding. And he realized that we were curious. So he started teaching us and that led me to the NFT space. And I absolutely love NFTs and I definitely want to stick close to NFTs and crypto in the long term. John, what questions you got? Benjamin, can you help me understand um, the utility NFT stuff makes sense to me? Can you understand all this hype around the board apes and all these like cultural NFTs? Yes. So I've thought about this and with art, it's always about the artist or the story behind the art. So there was a painting called The Bridge by Robert Ryman. And it sold for around $20 million. And it was just a blank white canvas. And it's easy to say, oh, I could just do that. But it was the artist and the story behind painting a blank white canvas that attracted the buyers. And this is similar to NFT art as well. Most artworks get sold because of the story behind the art or the artist. With the Bored Apes, the story was there were all these crypto whales they had lots of their time on their hands and lots of money. And buying into a board ape would help you connect with other crypto whales and give you access to events and its membership club. And that's why most people buy into these collections. So tell me about the NFT market in general. You, you guys want a little surprise? Yeah, let's hear it. L- little surprise, Benjamin and I been we've been cooking in the kitchen. We, we've been cook we've been cooking up some stuff. Look, look, yeah, 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 we have been cooking. We've been scheming ourselves. We're gonna separate you two from the show. No, I'm just joking. Uh, what, we're, what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring him on like every other week or so, and he's gonna give us just an update on like what the hell is going on here. So what 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 is going on in uh, in the NFT world right now? I don't spend any time so, on NFT, so you're you're gonna be my expert. NFTs are still booming, and it's still very very early. So on today's show, I want to look at three statistics from OpenSea, which is the largest NFT platform. The first one is dollar sales volume. Second one is NFT sold. And then I'll finish on active traders. All right. So I'll have a look at dollar sales volume first. OpenSea sales volume in March 2022 was $2.5 billion. Yes, billion, not million. And back last year in March 2021, it was $150 million. So it's done a 15x in one year. And surprisingly, March 2022 is actually quite low compared to January 2022. The OpenSea sales volume in January was $5 billion, double the sales volume in March. And January 2022 was the highest ever sales volume OpenSea has ever seen. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that is real wild. <laughs> All right, what's the next one? So I'll have a look at NFTs sold now. All right. The amount of NFTs sold in March was 1.8 million. And in March of twenty in of March of 2021. 2022. Okay. And that was quite low compared to January, which was 2.5 million. And that was the highest amount of NFTs ever sold on OpenSea. And January was the first time OpenSea did more than 2.5 million sales. Got it. So if we think about this, uh, in March of 2021, there's 150 million in sales. By a year later, March 2022, there was 2.5 billion. 
But even though there was that massive increase, there was still 2.5 million sales in January of 2022. But by March, it's down to 1.8. So even though it's going down, there's still this massive growth year over year. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. All right, what's the last one? Active traders is the last one. So in March 2022, there were 450,000 active traders. And that's nothing. Compare that to the 20 million traders using Robinhood or the hundreds of millions of Marvel and Disney fans. NFTs were still early days. So 450,000 active traders uh, in the month of March. And if you compare that to, you know, Coinbase or or whatever, uh, it's still a very small number. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. What's going on with your friends? Any of your friends into this stuff? Not really. They don't really talk about it much, but congratulated me at the time. Yeah, they they, want to tell everyone that they know you probably. Yeah. Yeah. What what about your brother? How old's your brother? My brother's one year older than me, so he's 14. What's he doing? Yeah, so we're both devs. We're both programmers. We've both been coding from a very young age. I think I was five and he was six when we started coding. And he's just as good developer as me, if not better. And in the long term, I want to do an infrastructure business with my brother, which is where the real opportunities are at. Yeah, I'm already an investor in that one. Remember, I told you I'm in. Are you going to do it? Well, I'm not going to focus too much on a business ideas. If you try to think of one, you always think of rubbish ones. I'm just going to keep on learning, keep on programming, and hopefully a problem will come to me that I can solve. All right. When you find the problem, then you're going to call me, right? Yes. Because you know, you know why I want to invest? Why? One, I want you to be successful, right? I think it would be cool and, and uh, life-changing for you and, and your brother and all that. But two is I want to go tell all my friends, I backed a 13-year-old, we took over the world. Y'all stupid. (laughs) Right? I feel like there's a lot of things that go into building a company that if you're 13, you actually have an advantage over older people. Like you could call up any CEO and say, hey, I'm 13, I have my own business, I'd like to come meet with you to talk about, you know, A, B, C, uh, D thing. And there's a lot of CEOs be like, what? Like, Yeah, let's go set up the meeting, right? And they would take it because they would want to meet you just as much as you want to meet them. Yeah, it's the age is a really big thing. That's what caught all the headlines that I was in and all the media coverage that I got. Yeah. How much money you made on this stuff now? Are you allowed to say? Well, so I've made money from originally selling out on Weird Wells and then working on other NFT collections. I've also made money, but most of my money has come from that the fact that Ethereum's price is going up rapidly. Well, it was going up rapidly. And I'm probably, if I sold all my NFTs at the high end, sold all my crypto at a good price, I'd probably sit in, be sitting on around $1 million. Damn. You, so you're a millionaire. You're, you're a 13-year-old millionaire. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're an inspiration to all of uh, all the other 13-year-olds. And also your teachers at school probably are like, damn, this kid got more cash than me. How, how do I do it? Yeah, have, any of them asked you what, have any of them asked you what they should do? Yeah, so I think I was waiting in the car park at the end of the day to get picked up. And one of my teachers just told me that they invested, uh, I think, some money and have already made uh, 50, like 500 pounds. <laughs> they were absolutely mind-blowing. 
Yeah. And then you were like, that's chump change kid. <laughs> right. You were like, you're like, now the tables have turned teacher. <laughs> Benjamin, what yeah. did you do when you figured out you were worth a million dollars? So I haven't really been gone like flexing everyone on Twitter. I just want to stay humble and keep on learning. I like that. Somebody, uh, somebody in the chat said, uh, Benjamin stole your girl. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Anything else that you got for us? Yes. So the last section I want to talk about is three stories in the NFT space that caught my attention. Uh, Please tell me the three stories. But before I go into that, I want to just share a bit of alpha with you all today. Please you do. Got, you got Please alpha do. leak on Please them? Do. You got alpha leak on the audience? Yes. Damn, Pete, you're going to be the favorite guest. There's nobody else that comes on here, so I'm going to give you guys some alpha. Go ahead. What's the alpha? Okay, prepare to be mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> so if you bought a board ape for $200 and then collected all the subsequent airdrops like the dogs and the mutant apes and the recent ape coin token, you would be sitting on an invest on a return of over half a million dollars and that's at the low end. Don't forget that some of these rare apes have sold for millions of dollars. And that probably makes board apes the best investment in history. So basically the idea is if you bought the actual asset itself, then you got airdropped everything else. And that yeah. led to a, a huge financial uh, gain for the people who had held it. Uh, and then also there was appreciation of the ape itself. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I feel like people don't understand the uh, airdrops. What do you think about airdrops? Yeah, I think airdrops are good. Free money. Free money is always good. But That's what the, the socialists is, say too. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, um, the holders of these apes are not only airdrops, money, but also knowledge and senses. Getting these new tokens, the ApeCoin token, the new NFTs, they taught people in a way about ERC-20s and ERC-721s and different contracts. So that was also another side to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy how you get uh, um, the airdrops, but also uh, can you stake NFTs? Are people doing that yet? Yeah, some collections you can stake. Your NFTs. You stake it. And then uh, what about like fractional uh, components of it? The people have done that? Yes, so I think there is um, one company that specializes in fractionalizing your NFTs. So you can have one NFT split into 40 different NFTs and sell that off to different people. And then lastly is, uh, are people lending against them yet? There must be some people that are lending against it, but I haven't heard of anyone. Yeah, definitely somebody's got to be uh, got to be lending against it, right? It, yes. th- there's no way that people have millions of dollars worth of uh, NFTs and they're not trying to get um, some kind of loan using it as collateral. I'd imagine, yeah. right, John? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. The fractional ownership stuff's cool. You like that? Well, they do it in um, assets today, right? Traditional assets today, right? Trading cards, jerseys, sporting goods, memorabilia, anything, right? Fractional ownership in a rare thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, the uh, uh, Somebody in the chat said, uh, if anyone here loses money, then they can tell their lawyer that they uh, lost money taking financial advice from a 13-year-old. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this isn't financial advice. No, no financial advice. I said in the chat very specifically, nothing we say is financial advice. Yeah, well, we actually don't have advice at all. Yeah. We just like to have fun on the internet. Benjamin, what, what, uh, what time is it there? 
520. So so we do this at like noon every other week. We're going to be good. It's after school. Yes. All right. Perfect. I finish school at, I think, four o'clock. At four o'clock. Yeah. The, well, you got to tell, you got to tell the teachers, Hey, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. I gotta go on the best business show and then get them all yeah. to watch. Right. And then they'll be sitting there and they'll be teaching you about things during the day. And then at five o'clock, you'll be teaching them things about how to make money. <laughs> I'm shocked that more but, teachers don't ask you. Well, yeah, they, they don't really talk about it much. Well, I would, if I, if I was a 45-year-old teacher and a 13-year-old had a million bucks that was in my class, I probably wouldn't talk about it either. It, you walk in the teacher's conference room and they're like, he did what? <laughs> <laughs> they probably want to know how to make money too. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked that more, especially the younger teachers, aren't asking him how to do it or what they should think about or, you know, can, can you explain NFTs to the class? I'm surprised right? no yeah. one gave you money and was like, hey, can you turn this into more money, please? <laughs> <laughs> you want the teachers to convince them to start a fund? I'm surprised no one tried to convince them to take it. I don't know. Did Have you told your classmates about NFTs? Well, they, as I said before, they didn't talk about it much. But at the time, they did ask me, oh, what is this? And then I would explain it. And then they were like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> but I don't think they understood it. Yeah. Well, and also, I, I guess part of it, too, is uh, uh, they got to have interest from like a technical standpoint. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Listen. I'm super excited. I, I feel, uh, I don't know why, but I feel proud of you. Like, I, I feel like you've done a great job and you continue to kind of push forward. You're still learning. You're doing a lot of different stuff. Uh, you and your brother are, are, are enjoying it. Are, are you doing this with uh, your, your dad and your mom and everything? They, they're excited about this too? Yeah, they're also excited. My dad's going to keep on teaching me and we're going to keep on doing our coding challenges and my mom's going to keep on supporting me. Yeah. Your dad gives you coding challenges? Yes. Yeah, so there's a website online called Code Wars. And every day we do one coding challenge on that website. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, who's better, you or your brother? Well, we've had this debate before. And I think kind of we kind of settled it that we're both as good as each other. Oh, uh, yeah. That sounds it's like a cop-out answer. Yeah. Well, my brother, these, you know, these are my brothers, right? And there's two more. So there's five of us total. If we ever had a debate about who was better at coding, we would just punch each other. <laughs> or don't do that. Them. Don't hit your brother. That's bad. Your parents will be mad. Don't uh, don't do that. Uh, I'd still beat John's butt though. Everyone would just say they're the best. Yeah, of course. Well, I am the best, so I would be telling <laughs> okay. the truth. You guys would be lying. All right, Benjamin. Listen, thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited. We're going to be doing this uh, every other week or so. And, uh, you you know, the audience, when you said you had alpha to leak, they got super excited. So maybe we'll uh, we'll come back with some more uh, some more ideas uh, when you come back next time. Did you mute yourself? Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right. All right, buddy. Sounds good. See you later. See you, Benjamin. See you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you're looking to try to transition to get a new job in the Bitcoin or crypto industry, we've got you covered. Head over to pompscryptocourse.com. We've developed a curriculum with the top teams across the industry. It's a three-week intensive training program with over 50 events packed into that three-week time period. Go to pompscryptocourse.com to learn more. And I'll meet you guys for the next episode.